0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Be seated. Love is like an onion, you taste it with delight, but when it's gone you wonder whatever made you bite. Love's a funny thing just like a lizard. It curls up around your heart and then jumps into your gizzard. Love is swell, it's so enticing. It's orange gel, it's strawberry icing, it's chocolate ruse, it's roasted goose, it's ham on rye, it's banana pie. Love's all good things without a question. In other words, it's indigestion. <laughs> Kanye West, one of our prophets, has said, keep your love locked down, your love locked down, I keep my love locked down, you lose. (laughs) There are so many voices that communicate to us about love. And many times like these voices, they communicate a sense of you scratch my back and I will scratch yours. Or that somehow it is like indigestion we want to forget and move on and then we hear the gospel today where we are told that God loves us as a good shepherd does not as a hired hand but as the good shepherd and the gospels try to communicate to us that love as we receive it from God is unlike any other love we know Maybe there are glimpses of that love we experience in our lives. Sometimes it's a mother's love or a friend's love. But that love that calls us to that deep place is the love of God. The Greek language has a word which was used often in scripture and the word is agape it is unlike any other love or any other word used for love because it captures within it a sense of the unconditional aspect of love wherein we are told that we are loved Period. it goes against everything we know in our economy because nothing is free even when they say buy one get one free (laughs) and we know that in our heads but this love that calls us is probably the cornerstone of our lives and I would go further to say that it is the cornerstone of mission of every work of transformation that happens it is this love out of which the spring rises up and lives into being And so when we look at the Good Shepherd or the image of the Good Shepherd, we have some glimpses already. Each of us has a memory of of somebody who showed us love in an unconditional way. And of course you have a lot of bragging right because you have Julie (laughs) who exemplifies what it means to be a Good Shepherd but these gifts are received so that we can be conduits that each of us can capture a sense of what that means and transmit it in and through our lives that's the whole point of what a mission is A mission is when we live out what is deepest in our value of what is good and it is people who have taken that seriously enough and have committed themselves to that who have exemplified that sense of radiating the love that comes from the Good Shepherd. And so I invite you, the saints gathered at St. Peter's, to look at your patron saint whom, whom we read about today. Remember Peter, he was constantly pulling his foot out of the mouth to put his other foot in the mouth (laughs) for the most part, right? And that's why we all like him because he reminds us of well, he reminds me of me (laughs) but there's something very human about Peter something very real about him he's the one who asks that question that you wish nobody did you wished everybody did. And of course you have this classic remembrance of Peter who denied Christ. I didn't know him, I don't know him, I have nothing to do with him. The same Peter after the resurrection has the audacity to say to the people who were asking him questions about a healing and you were the people who crucified Jesus. All of a sudden this macho but pretty cowardly saint comes to life. Something happened to him at Easter where he made some reconciliations within himself and all of a sudden he was beyond fear. He was in a place where he felt like he was wearing Teflon that somehow nothing could touch him as long as he was speaking the truth in love and so you have a heritage as Saint Peter's followers to look at someone who's very real but who moved beyond fear into the fullness of the gospel's call to love Peter went on to live this life not without breakdowns here and there that's what makes him very real but he went on to live it faithfully which is and we'll hear these words during our baptismal covenant to turn around that when we fall into sin we will repent and return to the Lord notice that it is not if we fall into sin (laughs) it is for all of us that we are called to be like Peter who will move beyond our fear to move beyond our fear we have to face our fear and this is the day that calls us to face our fear day of resurrection every time we meet on a Sunday remember it is the day of resurrection it is the day that calls us to remember the central theme of God's call to us that we are a people of resurrection we are a people of love that is our motivation so like Peter we are called to boldness not arrogance but boldness boldness is about standing when you are faced with fear or as someone has said it fear that has said its prayers with the audacity to stand before strengths or powers that seem overwhelming that we couldn't otherwise. And so you, the saints of St. Peter's, have a heritage in your patron saint who calls you to emulate the Good Shepherd by facing your fears. Look at some of the people who have done this work. There are so many. I can think of at least two or three people. I can think of a few sitting here. I can think of my beloved Roja, Well, facing your fears can be pretty challenging, especially when you're taking some new steps. It takes someone with intense faith to give up a tenure-track position at a university in New Jersey to say, God is calling us to go to a pretty warm place called Rochester. (laughs) It takes boldness to step out into the the unknown in some ways, but confident that God is with us. I'm thinking of Jean Vanier. Has anyone heard of him? The founder of L'Arche, a community that evolved somewhere in the early 60's, I believe it was 1964, when Jean Vanier, who had finished his PhD in philosophy and religion or theology, and had some lucrative offers, he noticed that people with disabilities had only places called institutions that they could belong. And so he decided that he would open his home and make them feel at home. So that these saints of God, created in God's image, who were constantly either ostracized by society or made invisible by society, found a home. He started this community called Larsh, which means the ark. It's like your undercroft. But it it was a space that he wanted to create so people could belong and know that they were children of God. It's become a movement. There are many communes around the world today. I remember as a high school student going to a commune in South India formed after the Faith and Light model which was a part or a branch of the Large model for people with intellectual developmental disability. That was a community where, when you were there, you felt like everybody was just radiating the presence of Christ. Because that is transforming, it gets you beyond your pretenses we so are caught up in our pretenses that sometimes we are so used to just our posturing of each other with each other my favorite story is that of a guy who didn't have a job and the only job he could find was that of a monkey in a zoo he had to impersonate the, a monkey because the monkey in the zoo had died and so early in the morning he had to step into the zoo slip into a monkey suit and monkey around he was very good at this And one day, there were a lot of children who were throwing bananas and peanuts, bananas and peanuts were getting the better of him. In his enthusiasm, he swung a little too much and fell into the lion's den and screamed out for, was about to scream out for help, when the lion leaned over and said, shut up or we'll both lose our jobs. (laughs) 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 But isn't it, isn't it true? Isn't it true that, that we so do this? we pretend and we posture and we look like this and that here and there and it takes a while before we've lost our own identity we're not sure if we are putting it on anymore that's a problem people like Jean Vanier call us to real places where we can be ourselves and radiate the joy of God the love of the Good Shepherd to live with boldness needs a little bit of audacity sometimes i'm thinking also of uh, wangari matai another saint of our time two thousand and four winner of the nobel peace prize wangari grew up in kenya where there was deforestation all over the place she wanted to do something she said what can i do i cannot right away change policy so she decided that she would plant trees she started with one tree And probably about 40 million trees later, she got a call to say she had won the Nobel Peace Prize. She didn't do it for that. But upon hearing it, she, I believe, took off her rings and her watch and bangles and planted another tree. (laughs) Wangari Mata had figured out that that was her passion. That was her reflection of the Good Shepherd. That was acting with boldness. So she created a movement called the green belt movement primarily of women working because they had the power to transform. They planted trees and they went against all kinds of interests she now sits in their parliament making some big decisions but it started with a tree. (laughs) Boldness can start in very interesting places there are no insignificant places for boldness especially when it is done with that sense of connection to goodness and so you and i my friends are invited to more and more of this i know the good news is that i know i'm preaching to the choir <laughs> you're already singing amazing music amazing harmonies all kinds of gifts are being brought bring them on bring more of them bring them with intensity bring them with intention and let the glory of God shine through this place let it continue to shine let it be infectious like a virus a positive virus we need positive viruses (laughs) so that it will really spread and create hope in our time especially in our time of despair because it all comes down to this if we truly believe that God that Christ is our Good Shepherd if we truly believe like Peter that this is the resurrection that we proclaim not just by word but in our hearts and in our deeds then we take on a sense of commitment to what it is that we hold on to then fear takes a backseat. it's a great feeling <laughs> When fear takes a back seat. I know every one of you knows exactly how that feels. Let that happen with regularity. I want to close with a story to the children especially. A pig, uh swine flu. <laughs> a pig and a hen were taking a walk. And they stood in front of a church where there was this huge sign which said, Give to help the poor. And so the hen said, how about if I give an egg and you give some bacon? (laughs) So pig thought for a while, I thought I should say a positive story about pigs today. The pig thought for a while and said, well, that's interesting because for you it is a contribution, but for me it's a total commitment. You and I are invited to big-time commitment. But all of us need to play. All of us need to pray. And all of us need to act for it to really make a dent in our broken world. Amen.